this is the Alfeld Rose. Um, I'm Aiden. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is uh, Miguel. Hi. This is Steve. What's up? I'm uh, This is Marwa. Hi. And this is Emma. Hello. Okay. So, um, that's basically it. Uh, Marwa, you can begin. All right. So, with our first question, we're looking at idealism. And so, relating to a quote from Magic Seeds, um, it is wrong to have an ideal view of the world. That's where the mischief starts. That's where everything starts unraveling. Uh, analyze the character's idealism and its positive or negative consequences, uh, as well as how it as well as how it contributes to your interpretation of the play. So, Thank you, Marwa. <laughs> so when I when I think of idealism, the main thing that sort of pops into my head is Desdemona. Mm. Her her view of the world is so warped because of the privileged upbringing she's had uh, in her life, and also her her own sense of naivety. She's very naive, and so the way she views the world, she she chooses to look at the good, even in situations, especially towards the middle end of the play, that, you know, there's no good in them whatsoever. Um, so would you say that that kind of, like, idealism points towards her looking at Othello as her her black knight, in this case, is how they describe him as? Well, no, that's how they describe <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, him. Yeah, no, 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 you're good, no, so, you're, like, good you're good, you're good. No, you're would good you say it. that it's kind of, like, generations of this women feeling the need to have this man come swoop down and save them and then Othello is just that for her and she doesn't want to believe that her savior could have this dark jealous like brutish side to him yeah exactly so yeah. like when it beginning in act four when when you know Iago I mean he's been planning this whole thing out but he really starts to sort of whisper into Othello's head and Othello starts believing all the lies. I mean, that's so clear. Because yeah, he, like... and there's this conversation they have, I think it's either, it's in scene two or scene three, where he he begins to accuse her of, yeah. you did this and you yeah, did that. Like... And, it, and, and because of her idealism, it hinders her from seeing that ugly truth. Like, even after he's yelled at her and he's berated her, she still chooses to believe the good that's in him. What, what were you trying to say? Um, well, I was I was just gonna say I don't know when this was released in the whole Shakespeare timeline, but I can also equate that to be like uh, it sounds weird, but Iago is like uh, Lady Macbeth, and Othello is like the naive mm -hmm. Macbeth just following along. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And Othello obviously also idealizes Iago in that sense. Yeah. 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 I could I could I could go through all the yeah. scenes yeah. where and, I mean sort of her. <laughs> Her idealism in Othello allows Iago to carry out his plan, because yeah. uh, and also there's there's an, a sense of idealism on Othello's side too, but in sort of a different perspective. I mean, so his ideal, the way I look at it, his idealism helped him, because I mean, he up until you know Iago starts to really carry out his plan, he has this good reputation in Venice, and everybody you know really likes him and everything, um, and and that sort of sense of idealism it helped carry him because he, he's choosing to see the good he's choosing to help people out and so when an Iago's close to him and that sense of idealism it makes him blind to what Iago's doing in the beginning I mean but then the idealism there's the negative consequence of that when you know when Iago sort of turns him and he sort of becomes like evil Othello so that well <laughs> yeah, yeah because but it's, it's still it's, because he wants to be seen exactly. as good so like yeah. he has this I like it's his even, idea mm -hmm. of a perfect general is someone who can command his troops to victory and is beloved by all the people around and then has this perfect wife 
that adores him and like caters to mm-hmm. his every need, and then to have his wife and his second in command having an affair just kind of ruins that ideal picture of a general that he's been li- he's been trying and to yeah, live up and, to. And that it's that warped sense of idealism from him that it carries out the plot. Without it, I mean, because Iago would have never been able to really get that close to Othello and convince him convince him of what he did about mm. Desdemona and it's and I think his idealism is one of the things that was his downfall in the end because well, I mean, not a downfall but it was what led no, him it, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was what led him to believe Iago and I think and I think if he if, if he was more realistic and less idealistic then the plot would have turned out differently yeah, I could go over yeah. all of the times where Iago where uh, fellows just like oh my trustworthy Iago yeah, it was it gets... was a it was a big thing throughout most of the play that a lot of characters idealisms kind of kind of started to crumble down over time with as the Mona's like her idealism of like of Othello was like her perfect man or whatever but as time went on as she interacted with Iago more often she kind of just saw as like well I don't we don't need these men these men like we don't need like this essentially she was trying to trying to go against the patriarchy for a while point. I think she's well, really influenced yeah, but, by yeah. Amelia in that sense that's what I was yeah. gonna say yeah. while Desdemona is very much she represents the idealism that goes on in the play Amelia she's the complete foil character she's the she's the realistic one she's the one that represents the realism I mean, going back to that conversation they had in Act 4, Scene 3, I mean, I mean, Desdemona keeps going on and on about how she can't believe Othello's doing this to her, and, and Amelia's like, well, why don't you believe it? Men, men are like this. Men are essentially, like, bad people. And so she, she's older, she's the more experienced, and she's the one that's more realistic, and so she sees everything that's happening for what it actually is and Desdemona doesn't have the capability to see that. That also has to do with the fact that Amelia is a servant to Desdemona as opposed to Desdemona is has had this privileged life all her life and so she hasn't seen the world for the dark twisty place that it is whereas Amelia has has and it's kind of evident throughout Amelia and Iago's interactions that Amelia isn't like necessarily married to Iago for love as many certain people really weren't married for love they were married just and that to make one more last point before we move on I think what really wraps up Desdemona's sense of idealism is at the end of act four scene three and where she's saying goodnight um she she prays that the poor way that Othello treated her will teach her not to have like not to be hateful and to have revenge, but improve upon herself, and it, that just shows that she she's the she paints herself out to be the bad person in the picture, even though Othello is the one. So I think that wraps it up perfectly. So moving on to Aiden, and he's going to discuss uh, deceit. In the- yeah. So uh, as many know, any many fans of Shakespeare know, Iago is like w- one of the most deceiving, evil type characters um, that are really up there in the uh, in the whole thing. So Iago, I think the most interesting part about his character is his motive, since we never really learn about it. We we learn about <laughs> he. We're given like really multiple examples of what his motives are, like in. Um, and I believe the first act, uh, he's talking about how he thinks there's the rumor that Amelia is sleeping with Iago, but he, uh, 
I think that's... You mean Othello? Othello. Oh. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> you edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're keeping um, it in. Sorry. Um, Sorry. There's, <laughs> there's the... In Act 1, um, <laughs> Iago obviously learns of the rumor that Amelia is sleeping with Othello, and while uh, he doesn't necessarily believe it, he uses it as, like, a, a kind of crutch or a reason to convince himself that he reason to convince himself that he should uh, go after Iago. Like, um... Othello. Or that fellow. Oh my god. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> um, a reason that he should really go after Othello. Like, in his soliloquy in Act 1, Scene 3 at the very end, um... I hate the more, etc., etc. But... <laughs> this is why I hate the more. <laughs> Alright, anyways. Keep going. Um, anyway, um... He. <laughs> Can I? Uh, uh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Thank you. Okay. It's <laughs> Miguel speaking. Right, you might not recognize my voice because I haven't been talking. This is Miguel. Time. Hello, Great. Miguel. Introduce yourself. Great. My name is Miguel. Um. So another reason that he mentions for like furthering his resentment against um Othello, which leads to him wanting to commit this big deception in the first place, um, was the fact that he was not the choice for lieutenant. Yeah. Um, which he says at the very beginning. It's like one of the first conversations they have in Act 1, Scene 1 with Rodrigo. He says that he um, he deserves no worse a position than Lieutenant, but uh, Othello gave it to Cassio instead. Cassio doesn't even have any military experience at all. Right, and I think also going back to the the concept of idealism, I think in that way, Iago really idealizes himself as like the perfect yeah. you know, lieutenant. He's like, why didn't I get chosen? And because of that, when that's shattered, it leads to him feeling so much resentment um, and then also furthered by that rumor, um, and whatever other motives he may have had that we don't even know, that leads to him just wanting to see Othello, like, burn. Yeah, I feel like Othello kind of idealizes, um, Iago and Cassio in a sense, because his, his depiction of the perfect, uh, lieutenant, or what was it, ancient? Ancient. Um, also ties in with his depiction of the perfect wife, i.e. being completely trustworthy and doing everything that he asks for. Right. But yeah, I think also another interesting thing about Iago's deception is that, because the question does ask about dishonesty and deception, um, which are very similar but can be different, because in a lot of ways Iago isn't always dishonest. He's just but uh, he is intentionally deceptive. Loopholes, yeah. Right. So he it, it's it doesn't make it any better. He's not any more honest uh, just because he's not necessarily telling lies, but he because he is purposefully trying to deceive everybody. Um, even if he's not lying, we still see him as a totally evil character. Right, because when he originally, like, tries to talk to Othello and get that idea in his head that Desdemona um, could be cheating on him, which I think is in Act 3, um, his ultimate, you know, the overarching deception that he, he tries to pursue, um, he doesn't start by saying, hey, like, I heard this, or I saw this, or this happened, because those would all be lies. He just said, like... I had a dream type of thing. Like this is something that I think could be true, but also like what are what are thoughts other than just ideas? Like it's just it's whatever. Um, but it, the way that he said it, he's purposefully trying to deceive Othello into believing him because he already trusts him, um, even though he didn't necessarily outright say this is happening because that would be a lie. And uh, yeah, like adding on to that, I think it's like what you said. Part of the reason why Iago was able to commit this deception is because of Othello's trust. Right. And I think it's so honesty because. When we talk, when we think of trust, we think about it like in a in a positive way, like with honesty and with 
all of that that comes along, but trust here is part of the deception. So I think it's also a really important part as to how how the plot was able to play out, like, right. like you said. Basically, Eo's deception fuels Othello's deception. Mm -hmm. Right, it was like a tool. His, his trust was a tool for yeah. the deception to take place. Yeah, which you see in a lot of evil-type characters. They just use a lot of tools. <laughs> that sounded weird. Uh, That's why we did two. And yeah. her question about uh, betrayal. Yeah, so question three, the works of literature often depict... Oh, question four. Four. <laughs> works of literature often depict acts of betrayal. Friends and even family may betray a protagonist. Main characters may likewise be guilty of treachery or may betray their own values. So in analyzing the nature of betrayal and how it contributes to the total interpretation of the play. Um, the perceived betrayal from Desdemona in that Othello believes that he's that she, he's been betrayed by her, that's been constructed by Iago's deception that you guys touched on before, is kind of the main like push in the entire play. Because betrayal um, most times uh, is something that harms the person so deeply. It's different than just somebody breaking trust. It's like a deeper wound that makes it so that there's no way that trust could ever be formed again and then the repeated like denial of it is what makes it even worse and so it slowly drives a fellow mad throughout the entirety of the play just thinking that Desdemona has betrayed him and then there's kind of a central theme there where the betrayal of women is what kind of throws the men's plans off course. So Othello was planning on just living his life happily with his wife, being the best general he could be. And this betrayal from Desdemona makes it so that that can't happen anymore. And that just shatters his world. And then the betrayal from Amelia to Iago at the end means that his plan can't go through. So you were saying, Miguel, you want to add? Um, I just want to say I thought it was interesting because, well, Desdemona's betrayal is, is perceived but not true. Yeah. Um, and then... Amelia's. Amelia's perceived betrayal to Iago at the very beginning with that rumor that she was she was right. Also her. that, and I think I think it's interesting because uh, you also you know you touched on how it was it's that betrayal of women to men, but also when you think about who was because I was thinking about the opposite of betrayal, and for me that that's loyalty, and mm -hmm. I, who were the most loyal characters? The first two that came into my head were the two women. Yeah. Um, when it came, comes down to their actual actions, not what people thought was going on, but what was actually going on. Ultimately, Desdemona was like faithful to Othello until the very end, until she died. Like still loving him, still yeah, believing like, even that there when was he the good. Her yeah, yeah. Right. She, and then she, she was still yes. her death on herself. Yeah, right. she was still faithful. And Amelia, to the end. all the way up, up until her end, was undoubtedly loyal to Desdemona. Yeah, but so, not Iago. Right. Yeah. Um. So it's, I think it's just really interesting because even though. You know, it would it would have been so easy to blame the women in this sense. They were also the most loyal and the ones that, yeah. in that sense, committed the least betrayal. Because if Iago or Emilio was the only one who was uh, un disloyal to Iago, really. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah just by sort of yeah, because it was a, it was a yeah, because it was a big thing of like Iago was essentially the only person who was betraying everyone else. And like everyone was faithful to Iago, yeah. except like Amelia, of course. But like, a lot of the major points and major characters, like hadn't like screwed with, like Iago at all. Like he, they tried. They no, no one tried to like, underhand him or like try to like, do like, betray him in any way. But he betrayed everyone else around him. I mean, 
didn't wasn't Amelia pretty immune up until the end of the play? Like when yeah. she got in his way, she was then someone he yeah. no longer was. But he, for the most part, left her out of it. Whether well, that's for like an underestimation of her, he did role? the power. Oh, the did, power he that did, he had. Well, he did. He did use her yeah. in the whole, with, he, a, with a with a handkerchief. But did he betray? He definitely her did. Others I don't think her. that's betrayal. That's more deceit. Dece- 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 yeah. 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 He definitely did use her as a as a pawn. He did mm-hmm. use her in, with the handkerchief. Again, the tools. Right, but yeah. it wasn't necessarily like betrayal in that sense. I guess he did, um, in a way, because he knew her loyalty to Desdemona and was not giving the full truth about the handkerchief would have meant. And because of that, she couldn't do anything about it. And I think in that sense, it, that could have betrayed her trust that, you know, they're supposed to have yeah. together. Yeah, but I, as, also, a married as a married couple. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah it's just, see. yeah, it's just the, the fact that, like, across the entire board, again, like, the betrayal was was very evident with, with Iago being the main character, with being the main point of it all. Um, of, like... The manipulator. It, yeah, yeah, just, like, it, just in mind, I was just thinking about this for a while, but, like, it was such a, like, nice... Quintessential, but a good power play with uh, with Othello, or with Othello, like basically firing Cassio, and then from that betraying uh, with Othello betraying Cassio's uh, like want or like his Cassio's want to be in this position, and um, the and the brotherhood and love that Othello had mentioned between them that he kind of betrayed and through that Iago was able to kind of guide Cassio to do what he wants like the like Iago was Iago was a conductor and the and betrayal was his uh was his control panel he basically maneuvered everybody around and was able to uh to put people in its place and guide people towards the things he wanted and it was really smart of the. It was really smart of him to at least try and go down that path. So I mean, I think there was a little bit of betrayal of the individuals towards themselves as well. So I feel like, like Desdemona, instead of thinking about her own safety and like her own needs in life, she just thought about how she she didn't know why her husband was going off on her, and yeah. he was pers- like, you could clearly see that he was progressively getting worse yeah. and leading towards a psychotic break, yeah. of caring about her own. Needs. Need safety, yeah. even questioning whether about if there was anything that could go wrong for her. She was just worried about how she could make her husband happy again. Yeah. And Othello betrayed himself yeah, in yeah. being willing to kill his wife when, as a general, like, I, yeah. even then, you couldn't just kill your wife and still get to be yeah, a person of It's probably power. one of, like, the biggest, like, self-betrayals of, like, the thing. It's the fact that you saw Othello as one of the most perfect people, like, he was a good general, he was loving, he was humble, he was all these things that everybody liked about him. But as the play went on, he soon betrayed that so, very that And with very image. little evidence, because yeah. there, was, there was just thoughts put in his head, but he never actually yeah. saw Desdemona and Cassio cheating together, which would have, yeah. personally, you would I would have wanted some sort of visual proof because hearsay is is just that. It's yeah, like it's, you have that's not proof. Yeah, it's like it's like being scared of the bark but not of the bite. It just goes know? to show how good Iago's like deception and skills are. But does it also stuff. show how weak-minded these characters are in that like, um, Yeah, the final comment yeah, yeah. is that 
the idealism is kind of what allows the deception and betrayal to take place in this play. Had these characters had more confidence in themselves and not so much cared about external views of their internal relationships, their interpersonal relationships, then Iago's um, deceit and betrayal of characters wouldn't have even been able to take place because proper communication um, would have trumped any kind of deception um, that Iago tried to play. So ultimately, um, the biggest conflict in this play was poor communication and bad relationships. Very common for Shakespeare. Yeah, send us off, homie. Um, we were the Othel Bros. I was Aiden. Oh, Miguel. I'm Steve. Marla. And Emma. Okay, uh, good night and happy Christmas New Year. We love it. <laughs>